Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast, and today I am overjoyed to be speaking with artist, writer, and social activist Catherine Pennepacker. Catherine is a textile visual community artist living in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She exhibits locally, nationally, and internationally and has worked in private and public collections. She has done many projects with Mural Arts Philadelphia and other organizations over the years with folks of all ages and all backgrounds. Though still occasionally weaving pictorial tapestry, she tends to weave with unusual and shaggy materials on random frames and fences as her loom. For the last many years, she considers herself simply an artist and uplifter. She weaves, writes, paints large textile murals, and as often as possible, determines ways to bring art, especially textiles, to the streets, to everyday people. She works with those who are with and without shelter, in active addiction or recovery, someone's someone and yours. No matter the circumstances of ability or disability, Catherine believes that art is a form of harm reduction and wellness support. Catherine, welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast. Wow, I am so, so overjoyed and humbled to be here with you. Thank you for the welcome. Catherine, it's really a re-welcoming because you were one of my first guests on this podcast so long ago. It was episode number six, Art as Activism, Art as Practice. So, Folks listening, if you haven't heard, it's a very compelling episode and very inspiring episode. Definitely go back to the beginning, episode number six, and check it out. One of the real reasons I wanted to have you back, Catherine, is because truly you are one of the most inspiring people I have ever met. I thought we could discuss today this topic that I'm so passionate about, and I think you are too, about how as modern mystics and as conscious humans on this path, we can make our lives our masterpieces and how we can make our life art. Let's begin the conversation as I, I always like to open it up. What does it mean to you to be a modern mystic? I, I just love the question. I love the feeling of it too. It's like, why are we doing what we're doing? How to bring about the passion and the interest and the inspiration so I've been reflecting some more on like this idea of like, what does it mean for me to be a modern mystic? What I've come to as I've been thinking about it is, you know, I always, I've, I've taken this idea of the two wings of a bird, grace and hard work, right? Like sort of like the, the opposites of that. And I've been sort of adding two more wings to that bird. The thought is, for me, what it means to be a modern mystic is vulnerability and confidence. And so sort of walking that delicate path in life, whatever we're doing, with a vulnerable openness, 
but also confidence and courage. So mm. that's what I've been thinking mm. about. Yeah. That's really, really profound. And when I was contemplating this episode at the end of my most recent contemplation, because I was several times, but I was thinking about different opposites, you know, about making life artful and about how to bring at times softness mm. and how to bring hardness and that skillful application of, of that in life or the different dichotomies and that being an artist and, and I'm not a fine artist, but you're a brilliant fine artist. And one of my sons is a brilliant fine artist, you know, and I watch him at times be like, you know, his process of applying something that's deeper and richer in color. And then he'll say, Oh, no, mom, so, no, it actually needs something more subtle, you know, and how those so the opposites can be so helpful and knowing when to apply which one. And like you're talking about, that's such a beautiful, complementary opposite contemplation about vulnerability and confidence, mm. for sure. Mm. So that's and of course, grace mm. and hard work. Mm. So I love that so much. Mm. When we consider and think about art, and the conversation of art, I thought it'd be something interesting to discuss because it's so subjective, of course, right. but what is even art, you know, and I'd love to hear your take on that. When I was contemplating, like, what, what is art to me? You know, I was thinking, well, of course, there's the, the mindfulness and the discipline and so much inspiration is required. I was also thinking about when we have art art that I love, art that I've seen you create that I love too, and other art forms I've seen that I love, there are pieces that wake people up, mm. you know, and that's something that is very mystical and part of, I think, this mindful path, waking up. So talk to me, please, about your ideas of what art is, and, and then we can talk about ways to thread those ideas into our everyday life because that's so much about what the podcast yeah. is about right how do we live these concepts right 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 and so like I think like, what is art I don't know I, I think it's like paying attention right and like witnessing and noticing so I feel like because like you said it's so subjective right but like if we can like sort of open our lens of our eyes our hands in terms of the technique or the craft, but our heart also sort of asks questions when we're looking at whatever the media is. So maybe it's sculpture or maybe it's painting or, you know, I do a lot of work with thread and yarn and this and that, or maybe it's words or music, or it's like, can we pause for a minute and just step aside and witness and pay attention to hear the message of what the artist might be saying? So that's what mm -hmm. I think a lot about is just like really taking notice. Because, you know, what I've been thinking about lately is that we're all so bogged down with busyness and hecticness and like duty and ambition and distraction that we need to very conscientiously and deliberately pause to notice the nuance, right? So that is like you were saying, like how to take it into our the everyday sort of modern mysticness of it and the everyday practice of it, but also just like as a human being, right? It's like, aren't we all like overwhelmed with like the pressure, the go, the do, the this, the that, you know? So it's like, you know, sort of creating our time to be an art piece that, that, that we can connect to. And other, yeah. and other people's, can we be witness to the art of life in other people too? 
the stranger. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What do you mean by that exactly? Like, can you give an example, please? That's so, so good. Yeah. I've been reflecting on this because I feel like the more complex our society gets or our day, our daily life gets, you know, we're constantly like engaging or crossing paths with other people, neighbors, demands of, you know, emails and text threads. And there's just like so much going on. So it's just like, can we pause ourselves enough to to get into the other person's shoes, to listen, to connect. Does that make sense? You know, yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Things I hear you saying, which are so important, right? Or one, just going back to what you said earlier, pausing and asking questions. And I think then it threads into what you just mentioned about like people so rushed. And obviously in this current yeah. modern, fast-paced day of technology that's just getting quicker and quicker, the miles per hour are ramping up. So the inquiry and the pausing and all those practices have even more profundity Mm. and even more bang for the buck, so to speak, Mm. because the rapidity is just so incredibly great. So I love when you said about like as an artist, just asking the questions. I I had looked up the etymological definition of, and and really roots Mm -hmm. is what that means, of the word art Mm. and the concept of art. And what I found when I did some research was that the word art, which surprised me, was consecrated only in the 13th century in Middle English. So like not so long ago, right, really, right. those are three letters, art. And originally it meant skill as a result of learning or practice. Huh. So I loved when you talked about that practice in day-to-day life. And, you know, nowadays the word art is commonly defined and used for anything which one considers of great aesthetic merit, Hmm. skill acquired by experience, study or observation, the conscious use of skill and creative imagination, especially in the production of aesthetic objects and a skillful plan, which I thought was interesting. So there's so many ways to to think about those definitions that are, you know, formalized. But what do you think about those? Do you have any comments? Well, yeah, immediately what I was thinking about is that there is this like really deliberate skill and dedication that as artisans we put into learning the trades, learning. I know I remember my my weaving teacher said to me, Kat, you got you to gotta learn the rules and then you can break them, right? So you first want to like apply yourself as a student, as a, as a learner, and then you can sort of branch off from there. So like there's this whole sort of teasing out the, the threads of the practice of showing up to the studio, the practice of spending the time getting the work out there, the practice of pausing with the work you know, and seeing what it might be speaking to oneself as the artist. So what I'm getting at with that is just like, I think there's like energy and and like, there's like a whole spirit behind color, right? And composition. So like as artists, we have to tune into that and listen because the material, the medium will give us feedback if, if we're listening. Oh, talk more about that. So I love that spirit as color. Of course, like in the yoga tradition and the tantric yoga and many different lineages of Eastern thought, there's thought about chakras and energy centers and vibration, and there's certain colors associated with those. But I want to hear your thoughts as a professional fine artist. I love that. I remember like as learning how to weave, my colleague and I who are weaving, we would play this color game. So like we worked with bobbins of yarn. We would like wind these bobbins of yarn and we would always put three different color or 
too. And then the other one of us would put the third one. And we would sort of find such pleasure in like, what would happen if we put red and pink and orange together and sort of like the energy and the vibration of that? And what would happen if we put like a, a purplish red next to a blue and a violet, you know? And so um, I think that there's this, this harmony and this dissonance too that can take place. And we see that in nature too, right? Like how our bodies feel when we're galloping through a field of Donald tulips in the spring, not to sound so like airy fairy here, but like, you know, the colors and the sort of the richness of the soil, like in autumn time, like when we're like around the colors of oranges and sunflowers and like all the different variations of tone. And mm, I think, yeah, so color beautiful. has its language. And certainly mm-hmm. if I could add this, I think material does too, right? I think there's like this sort of crunchy hardness to like plastics, you know, thread that's woven or made out of like plastics and synthetic. And then there, there can be like sort of like a softness and a richness to working with say silk or wool or natural fibers. But I want to say here that I think it's important to note that it's like sometimes, or not sometimes, all the time, the artist, we like make decisions about, well, what are the materials and what are the colors that we're yeah. choosing to use because of the message that we're trying to get across? So is it is there like juxtaposition? Is there like tension that we're trying to pull out? You know? mm-hmm. Well, and I love that this conversation so much in the way of thinking about how to make art and your life like art and a masterpiece because... You know, so often the little things are the big things. And so, you know, I was thinking like when you were speaking about Mm. like color and the first thing you talked about was the yarns and, you know, kind of playing, it sounds like a little game with your, your colleague, like what would happen if we added that, you know, who's, you know, who's going to add which third color to this. And I mean, that's so much about wonderment in life, like how we can practice the art of wonderment Mm. and practice as modern mystics this Mm. art of paying attention and paying attention in a way that creates excitement that creates vitamin j joy is what i call it you know and that's what you were doing with that and so (laughs) i love this idea even in life think about color like there are people listening who you know many who aren't artists or aren't talented in that arena but how we can make life our art by thinking about color in our life you had mentioned like seeing how even color makes us feel in our body because actually living i know this sounds radical to live in your body <laughs> but right it is radical because so much of our modern day society is pulling mm. us out of our body mm, so it's right? so interesting so what are ways that people who are not fine artists can play with like color in their life do you think and texture in their life in their moment to moment life do you have ideas because you're so so good at this kind of thing oh oh i i do I think it's so fun to like work with material that's so uncomfortable to us and body parts that are so uncomfortable to us. So like, I guess what I mean by that is like, I'm right-handed. So I make it a practice of picking colors and drawing with my other hand, my left hand, you know, and sort of it, it, shifts up the 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 brain of course but i think it gives us like the opportunity to uh sort of enmesh color and movement with the body movement you know and so you know just for like everyday life kind of stuff i think i don't know like even like even the other weekend when i was out camping you know I, i just went around and like picked up stones pebbles i looked around to see well what's around me in nature here 
let me make some sort of like installation. I think that's something that like every, all of us can do. You know, we can just create these like little uh, altars or gifts or like offerings to, or thanks to nature just by like noticing the beauty and nature and the everydayness of things. So, I mean, I, I live in the city, so, you know, sometimes it could be a stretch, you know, like, okay, well, what do I want to sort of gather? But I, I think no matter where we are, like even, you know, sort of like an urban crazy thing, like you can go to a dollar store and you can find items that, you know, just maybe spend $3, right? And get like three very different items, like Q-tips and a ball of ribbon and nails okay in the hardware section of the dollar store this sounds silly but uh, follow me for a second if you would and just like and take those items out of the bag Mm -hmm. and create some sort of pattern with those very different items you know so if you need to be inspired about creating pattern that's a whole nother exercise that is fun to do as an artist or anyone can do like look at the patterns around you like with the hubcaps and the cars or the patterns on buildings. So we can gather full inspiration from, you know, very urban settings, the floors, the ceilings, the walls, the blinds uh, on our windows. And of course, when we go into nature, we can find pattern like in leaves and trees and pine needles. And I mean, there's just pattern everywhere. And that's the beauty of it. I don't know if I'm sort of dashing around too much here, but I just think that like, we want to figure out ways to like, wherever we are, whether it's like in the sort of the solace and the the ease of nature, which is a beautiful thing, or if we're in the modern hecticness of an urban situation, you know, can we find a way to sort of ground ourselves and locate things that will give us moments to pause? Yeah, yeah. because being even when we're with younger kids, you know, that's what is so often the invitation to do. And then, you know, what you're talking about is like continuing that play and that potentiality for creativity because the creativity lives at least from the yogic tradition in the same spot as our feeling sense and our even our sexuality and so many potentialities from this place of the womb you know it's essentially the womb center and I love what you're talking about because you know it's like how can wherever I am you know if you're in nature like you're saying and I like that point about taking different items because I hadn't thought of that point you know whenever I go out into nature there are times where I'll do that like make you know it's called a little mandala a lot of Asian traditions where you can make a pattern you know that um, replicates itself yeah and people who aren't yeah. familiar with that, look that up. It's so much fun with the leaves or the acorns or less than that. But what you were saying specifically about like of different shapes and very contrasting things, which is a great idea. I actually made a beautiful big food mandala mm. recently when I was teaching in California on the massive kitchen counter. And we took all okay. types of different foods and it was so oh, wow. uplifting. It was incredibly, incredibly moving. So you can really make a, mm. a practice of this mm. with so many different mm. materials, like you're saying. And that inner child, you know, will start to really heal and get enlivened. And we start to just automatically feel that wonderment, feel that joy yeah. when we allow ourselves yeah. to make these patterns and to explore different shapes and, and textures and such. And then yeah. You know, another thought I had just to piggyback off of your great thoughts is like, okay, like maybe one d- week you say, okay, this is my red week and I'm just going to focus mm. on red this entire week. 
you know, and you can do tons of research and you can think, okay, first chakra, red, grounding, centering, anchoring, or you could not, you could just literally be like, red, let me get curious. Like you said, let me ask the question. This is my red period. Like Picasso and his blue period. This is my red beard. This is my red beard. And I'm just going to see what happens if I surround myself with tons of red, eat cherries, you know, tomatoes, you know, and then the next week, okay, you know, you could go orange. Of course, that's very rainbow linear, but whatever. You could do purple next week, you know, just pick. And, you know, that's an interesting practice and maybe write about that. With your dominant or non-dominant yeah. hand, if you're as adventurous as you But don't you love, are, like, <laughs> making beautiful, like, food, you know, platters, like you're saying, you know, um, on the table. Like, even every night, like, just so how we arrange our food on the plate with color and texture and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. such an art thing. I mean, some people, you know, don't like to cook at all. I'm like, I feel mm. like I'm in both factions where like people often are one or the other and I have to cook for a lot of people all the time and it's often in a rush way, you know, being a parent. So there's like this relationship where at times it feels like a chore, but then I find even Mm. if I cut something really beautifully, like the other night I was making something and I, I cut some strawberries, you know, and made them like three little hearts on every person's plate, you know, and just that little tiny act, you're so right, you know, can all of a sudden bring wonderment, bring the remembrance because that's what all this Mm. is about, right? the remembrance that life is really a gift and we're really here in each moment to find that mystical and and the mundane and the magic in the present moment. So I I really like those ideas, really like these ideas. You're such a, from things you shared with me, queen and sovereign of ritual. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, for sure, that's one way that I feel like it's probably the main way I feel like I integrate what feels like artfulness into my life. So I wanted to ask you, what are some things, really practical things that you do or could offer in the way of strategies for folks listening to help really ritualize your life, which to me really helps make life sacred and invites the sacredity in? Yeah, that's a great question. It's something that really helps to ground me. I mean, I feel like uh, you know, as artists, sometimes we go through periods of like being really explosive with our creativity and like doing and creating and all that. And then sometimes we go through like these times of like little roadblocks or stuck spots. So I find like integrating ritual into my daily practice, no matter if I'm in that like really intensely creative time or that what I refer to as my gathering mm-hmm. season, sort of like Love when them. I'm sort of like pulling ideas together. Um, one thing I always think about is something one of my teachers said to me was, wind your bobbins, sharpen your pencils. Like always just, if you don't know what you're going to do, or even if you do know what you're going to do, create like a little pocket of time to prepare yourself. So that's sort of like a practical thing when it comes to like, with yarn and string and pencils and paints, clean your brushes or whatever. I mean, you know, I do something when I walk into my studio every day, I touch my head and I touch my heart and I breathe, you know, because I've just been so like in a space for the last bunch of years of like creating like synchronicity between Mm. the two. And so I literally, I do that. I like, I walk into the door which is right behind me here come into my studio and it's just like I like I, t- I touch my head and I touch my heart so you know? and then I think I have a little bit of superstition and I don't know if it's just like you know we all have like little quirky things about us whether it's like you know being how we're being raised or just culture or whatever but 
I get on my knees, even if I'm at my wall mural, because I paint my wall mm-hmm. murals, you know. So it's like when I'm like crouched down to like clean my brushes or get my paint set up, I take like an intentional moment. Like I said, connect with head, heart, and then breathe. And just like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, that, so when you're, and when you're, when you're on your knees, are you thinking something reverent? Are you clearing out your mind? Like what's the, what, what is the, the intention with the, or the feeling the when feeling you're on the knees? Is, you let me be a vessel. Let me be a channel. Let me be sort of a conduit. Mm-hmm. Let me listen. Let me, let me be free actually, because I feel like a lot of times, you know, I think we all in life have like these like little voices in our head that are like, Oh, you should be doing this, or you could be doing that, or what about this, or the pressure of that, or oh, they're better than this, or or oh, you should be, you know. And there's like all of that, so it's just like I think that like little bit of a ritual grounding for me is just it's okay. I'm a conduit. I'm here. What can I do to express mm-hmm. myself? What, what am I hearing? You know, because I find myself often saying to myself, "Cat, just be." Just be free, be free, mm-hmm. be free. Just, just, yeah, trust. I love that so much. That, that Thank you for sharing that so authentically. Mm-hmm. That feeling of just like that yearning to be free. Mm-hmm. Because in the yoga tradition, they call that svatantriya. And it's considered like one of the main yearnings of life. So when you, mm-hmm. when I asked you that question, you really got to the root of that. And I think so many people wow. feel that way. I think so many people are kind of in the entrapment of kind of discontentment and you know, fill in the blank, anxiety, depression, but like the, the antidotes to all of those things, right? Or what's the country that freedom that as a human is so much part of what we mm. crave. And I like what you said. And, and when I say ritual to clarify yeah. for the listeners, yeah. you know, it's that repetition of things because in the repetition, it reminds us of things. Mm. One of my kids said to me recently, mom, how come you always play this mm. one song when we're done surfing? Because I love to surf. And to me, it's like the temple, the dojo, the oh, church, the, the synagogue, yeah. the, the mosque. Like when I go surfing, it's like the great, like, you know, amazing connective experience to me. And I w- was thinking about that. Yeah, so love mm-hmm. water. water. Um, and and the excitement and the challenge. And the, there's just so much about so many things that, that in the water. And when I was thinking, well, it's ritual because what it does is it reminds me when I play the song, instantly it reminds me, oh my God, this mm. is so precious. Because I only get to surf a few, you know, there's only a handful of days in the whole year you get mm. to surf where the waves are good and the temperature's right and all these things. And then yeah. there's only a handful of days within that that I'm with my kids surfing. And so instead of taking the time to mm. get to that appreciation and doing the mental gymnastics, which I often do, but it's like, well, I just put that song on and my whole body knows, oh my God. Um, he, and I just surfed and it's like, I don't have to go through the, any mental gymnastics. Music is the ritual. It just takes me just like you're, you yeah. go to the knees and it just takes you to that. Oh, right. Freedom. Mm. Let me be the vessel. Or I've started doing this yeah. thing in the morning recently where right, right. I, I do a bunch of things before I get out of bed in the morning. You know, like I have a, a few different practices and things I do, but I've mm. added onto that layering the ritual of having one, and now actually I've just recently added two, so I'm weightlifting my thoughts that are thoughts that I want to be thinking. And it's not manifestation thoughts. It has to do with like, you know, oh, I am, you know, I'll just say it. I am more spirit than anything else. It's that idea at least. Mm. And just to remind myself that right, right. macro kind of centering, yeah. that check. 
And just by having, like I wake up and right away I think, oh, right, yes. I'm more spirit having a human experience. Just by that ritual of just like, oh, I place this thought in my mind, mm. it shifts the whole quality of my morning, that remembrance. I, I so get that. I so get that. I feel like, I feel like those little nuggets of messaging that we speak to ourselves support us. I know sometimes I'll just say to myself, things work out for me. Things are always working out for me. Things are always working out for me, you know, or like the other day I was like in this space of like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know, so it's, it's just like these ways to sort of soothe and ground ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So people listening, like if you really, often I'll do one per moon cycle, you know, for the whole moon cycle, but people can do it in any way they want mm. one per month or, you know, one per year. But I think that often the year long mm. ones, people get lost because it's like the New Year's resolution, you know, in the, in the long term. So I think like breaking them up in short, like if anything, like I think 13 and a half week cycles of things are really powerful. I've been doing that more lately. Mm. And then you have mm. four of them over the year, you know, so it's very seasonal in the conjunction with the season. But I think that can be helpful. Sure, like that. But whatever works for whoever listening. The point is, is what you're saying is that consciously choose a thought that you're going to repeat, put it in your phone reminder, mm. put it, you know, a mm. thought that's aligned with you because the truth yeah. is our thoughts are, can be like weeds and all these sprouts can take over. Right. And what you're saying is like, oh no, I'm going to weed out other thoughts by planting the ones that I know that to be true to me and my authentic self and vision and that make me feel differently. I, I think we probably can all r relate to this. The other morning I woke up and I was like, I, I was so aware of how I literally, my mind was like, what was I so worried about last night? You're right. so, it's like I was searching for it again or something, you know? And it's like the brain like sort of like is looking for that like groove to like sink back into. And I was like, what are you doing? You know? And so just like sort of being uh, gentle and careful with ourselves and aware of that, you know, of just like what, like what you're saying, Kilkenny, it's just like, it's a practice of witnessing, watching our thoughts and then how we talk to ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and even that definition of art, I'm just recollecting, like one of them was a skillful plan. Right. So it's like to make art life, like you, you do have to plan, like yeah. you plan your thoughts, like plan lots of things, but yeah. do that internal yeah. hygiene as well as the external hygiene. Yeah. yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to really get into with you, um, because it's really extraordinary, your work at this world and how you are just so committed to your offering art to folks struggling with drug addiction, how the way that you offer art as harm reduction, you know, you work in one of the most literally abandoned sections in a huge American city. And can you speak a little bit about like the heartache you see? Because that's one of the things I really mm. love about you and your work and you as a human being, where I think a lot of people on the spiritual path and who are leaders like yourself, you know, you can get into this really important prune your thoughts, quote unquote, stay positive, but we don't want to airbrush and we don't want to avoid the shadow. Then there's like a lot of other people in the psycho-spiritual realms who are just like shadow, shadow, intensity, shadow, right, dark, right, 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 right. And so to me, you know, it's that Harris Ramos and I'm really interested in having conversations where how do we integrate the full spectrum of humanity? And that's a really hard mm. thing to do. And it's something that I feel like you do really, really well. So could you please speak 
about how you do that because you you are just completely no joke in the way of the despair that you see on a day-to-day basis that most people don't you know partake in right, frankly yeah. can you please speak about that and how you think about it and and how you serve and how you think of it spiritually and, and how you function frankly and i think it ties a little bit into ritual you know like we were talking about and sort of the practice I'm coming from like a really intense morning. So I'm just sort of like replaying some of the moments I had sort of leading up to the day and the practice of getting back and sort of reintegrating back into what I see is like a really safe, welcoming, loving, supportive, cozy zone, best I can to always have that delineation of self and other. We want to be so integrated and present with people, right? That that are in whatever their walk of life is, but we it's it's hard to do. It's not it's not something I'm always able to do. But like you sort of connect with people, and then you know you can't do it all, so you you step away. So like back to like what we were talking about with like my ritual, what I do in the morning. I'll I take public transportation around, you know, to get from point A to point B. And I, I literally use those little pockets. I know like on your podcast, I've heard you talk about like little pockets of peace, you know, and it's something that I've, I've sort of worked into my like daily life with getting from, you know, my point A to point B and working with folks that are really in the, in the depths of despair. And whether it's homelessness or addiction or, I mean, I I feel like there's so many, there's just a lot of despair. I mean, you know, we can call it this or that, addiction, this and that, but, you know, the bottom line is it's despair and overwhelm and all that. So it's just like, how can we connect with people as if, you know, you could be my neighbor or my sister or my brother or my my in-law or whatever, just like to see the the humanity and, and and, and connect with people as people. So, And that's, excuse me for interrupting, but you really sure, practice please. that. Like when in your bio, you said like someone, someone. So when you're yeah. with people who are homeless and who are struggling with drug addiction and such, in your mind's eye, like, are you, you're thinking of this actively? I am. Is I, that, I, I think it's just practice? like, it's, it's the practice of like being as absolutely present as you can be, you know? And I think it ties a little bit into... What I was talking about before, which is like vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think like even today, like I, I saw someone that I hadn't seen in probably six months or so. And she's been struggling with addiction and this and that. And I saw her when I was waiting for the bus. So we reconnected. She's really in a much better space now than she was before. I couldn't remember her name. And the vulnerability of this example right now is that the way that I was really able to connect with her and she with me was to say, I, I'm so sorry, I, you know, I recognize your face, but I can't remember your name, you know. And she was like, Oh, I'm so glad you said something because I forgot your name too. But like, I remember our conversation about such. So it's like, it's really just like taking that time just to like look at someone and be completely present with somebody sometimes it's in you know in the, in the practice of the work that i do it's literally like shaking someone's hand and asking their name and even sort of being silly like i'm so sorry i might not remember your name but like you know and, the, and like i'm thinking this moment today someone said oh Catherine." 
I'm going to call you Kathy. And I looked at her and I was like, you can call me anything, but don't call me Kathy. You know what I mean? And we were like laughing and joking about that. I'm like, you can call me Kat. You can call me Kate. You can call me this. But anyway, it was just like Mm -hmm. finding ways to like lighten up and just be with the moment with the person, you know, and and really deeply listening best we can. Yeah. 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 And that's such a beautiful teaching just, you know, for those people listening who aren't doing such like intense kind of interacting on a committed daily basis, but I mean, applying that to everyday life when you're walking around, because inevitably, Mm -hmm. you know, most of us are walking around and if you're really paying attention, you're, you're seeing different people, even if it's a Mm -hmm. little bit and people that are different from you and that, you know, like you're saying, obviously you keep yourself safe, but at the same time, there's a a vulnerability and a softening that when it's safe to do so, yeah. connects us back yeah. to our humanity and creates connection with others and yeah. part of that is like you're saying remembering someone and, um, I, I, I like to always bring someone. it down to the the real practical I feel like you said this earlier too Kilkenny it's like so, sometimes it's just a matter of asking questions yeah. you know so it's like I I created this this project a couple of years ago called the listening loom where I bring the loom to the streets and with two stools and I just sit there and weave and invite someone to sit at a stool and, 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 and just have a conversation. And often it's, it's just like the two questions are how you doing and what do you need, you know? And mm-hmm. so just by asking that kind of question of how, how are you doing and then truly listening, you know, and if you're distracted or if you're interrupted or whatever, just really being vulnerable and being present to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I was distracted. Tell me again, you know, like what, what, or, or what do you mean when you say that, you mm-hmm. know, and, and just, I don't know the answer to, to that, but I think I know someone who might know, you know, or like with the, a lot of the folks that I work with, they might have pretty intense wounds on their body. So it's, it's just a matter of, you know, it's like, like paying attention, you know, like really looking at someone and, you know, I, I hear myself in the, I know I, I hate it when someone might say to me, oh, you look tired, cat, you know, or whatever, right? As, as human beings, as women, like in, in a body, like often we're like, the last thing we want to hear is like, oh, you look tired or you look run down or whatever, right? So I, I hear myself saying that, but like, I think we take, I'm sort of having a couple conversations in my mind, but, you know, I think we take clues from people when we're really noticing and paying attention so you know it could be shaking someone's hand and noticing that they have you know a wound on on their arm or their leg and it's not something that i might be able to take care of but i'll make a recommendation that they go see somebody at wound care or i'll ask them you know do you need some socks or do you need water or do you carry narcan ask some questions about safety mm-hmm. s- simple questions about safety and harm reduction yeah. yeah oh really really profound and and what if we all said to each other like what if we said again you know with people who we know we're safe mm-hmm. with or our intuition tells us we're safe mm-hmm. with but what if we as a culture went around and said mm-hmm. to people how are you and actually people listened and then people actually told you how they really are. Right. How often is it just the, oh, how are you? I'm good. I'm fine. Like, how often right, does right. anyone actually tell you how they are? One, right. what would this world be? And even more radical, I think, what if we all went around saying, what do you need? Yeah. My body just went like, oh, my God. Like, if anyone asked me, like, what I need, like, when is the last time mm. someone, at, right? Like, meaning, like, in that way that, you know, they're fully taking you in. 
Mm. Even if they can't give you what you're in need, it's such a gift of a question because the brilliance of that question is the opportunity for the person then to reflect back to themselves. Mm. Oh, what are, what do I need in this moment? Right? Mm. Like, because just to come full circle back to early in the conversation, which everyone listening knows, right? We're living this rat race pace in this very yeah. accelerated society that our needs are just not even necessarily paramount. The needs of our body, mm. if we're hungry, if we're tired, half the time we run around, people don't even know, right? Right, right. And so yep. to be the, the modern mystic is to be like fully in one's body, paying attention to, you know, body, soul, and mind and spirit and all the parts of self. So I love yeah. that radical question. And that yeah, idea it's that a question that is need. kind of a big question. Because I feel like a couple of years ago when I got into this work, that question really terrified me because it meant to me at the time, I can't take care of everyone's need. And how dare I ask that question mm -hmm. if I know I can't help? So mm -hmm. there's a little bit of that back to the vulnerability part again, right? I might not know the answer, but maybe by asking the question and by taking on the willingness to, to bring in, inquiry, we can help make yes. connections. And I think it's in the making connections, which is what would make society a better place if we were able to connect the services and the organizations and again, the, the services to one another to see, I'm going to sort of shift the conversation a little bit from harm reduction to wellness support. So linking the services to not just to help people survive, but thrive. So if we're yeah. linking services and asking questions of, you know, how are you doing? What do you need? Then we're able to sort of, you know, be curious and ask questions and make connections with other people and develop ways of, of, of helping and supporting. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. this is the question for all of society, mm. because whichever stratosphere of life, whichever sector of life you're looking at, it's irrefutable that the numbers of depression, anxiety, suicide, all those things are at an all time high. Yeah. yeah you know, are. so just what you're saying, whichever demographic, we all need this. We all need mm -hmm. more connection and more conversation about connecting and resources and all and all the things. But I do have a really profound mm. reaction to your brilliant question of asking people, what do you need? And I honor and mm. I get and how thoughtful of you and sensitive mm. to be like, oh, but I can't really answer that. It reminds me of, I'm a, as you know, a college professor, I teach one class yeah. at a college mm. that I love so much. And the first semester that I was teaching, I was like pulling so many hours, like a disproportionate, ridiculous, yeah. unsustainable amount of time into mm -hmm. my paper mm -hmm. marking and my responses and my comments to the students and total like semester one, like typical college professor faux pas. I'm sure anyone else listening probably did the same exact thing. So right. my best friend says to me, like, it's, it's just not sustainable. Like you can't like, and I was like thinking yeah. to myself, yeah, I'm just gonna have to quit. Like I can't, you know, I can't, you know, because right. I can't do it halfway. I love these students. They're telling me these really personal things about their life. And she happens to be getting her master's right now. And she said to me, which was such a beautiful reflection, but mm. Kenny, I have so many classes right now where my college professors online do not even say anything. They don't say one word. Mm. And yet it is still valuable 
the exercise and the questions. It's just what you're saying, right? The question, even if you can't solve it all, just to ask the question helps the person receiving that. So I had to bring that up because now I'm the kind of person I still have to comment and say things, but at the same time, I do much less because I remember, okay, they're getting value just from having the exercise of asking the question too. Yeah. And those spiritual questions, right? Like all the different great spiritualities, great practices, great religions, mm. great, you know, fill in the blank of the, of the psycho-spiritual life and mm. lifelines all start with questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Mm. What's the purpose of all this, right? All these yeah. different traditions were birthed uh, from these texts where these questions were written down. Yeah. And so yeah. asking ourselves the question. So, uh, so listeners now ask yourself, what do you need? Like, what do you need in this moment? What would your answer be? Yeah. You know, what a profound thing to write down and just contemplate right now. And meet perhaps a step towards and that. And circling need. around to something that you said yeah. earlier too, in terms of like ritual and taking care of myself in this work. It was yeah. a, a real practical thing is the first thing I do when I get home after a really intense day is just take a shower. There's something yes. so soothing about warm water. We were talking with your surfing water. There's like this, the energetics of water, sort of the vulnerability of being naked in water so soothing just having the warmth but i but i find it's a really good sort of delineation from uh what i take on during the morning and the afternoon the day the people the conversations the intensity the, the overwhelm the upset the fear mm-hmm. the all, all that stuff that, that you that you, you sort of you can't help but hear and 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 feel right but needing to just to like shake it out and 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 shift gears. So that's that's one thing I do. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's profound. Because water rinses off, obviously, we know physically, you know, dirt and such, but it definitely cleanses and the shamanic tradition, many different traditions. Like it literally also washes off other people's energies yeah. for sure. And I know this one hack that I know even doing psychic work, if you can't mm-hmm. get into a shower, there's many different hacks. But one is you can picture a silver shower. Just picture a silver specifically silver because that's like neutralizing so just picture yourself under a silver shower and that can be really really helpful if you can't run and get yourself a a shower right away but that's a really really beautiful way you're working with element water i love that yeah and what about just what you and i are kind of doing with each other olympic listening you know, like I was thinking when I was contemplating how to make art life and you've got your listening loom, yeah. it's that just highlighting that, like the practice of listening. It sounds so simplistic. It almost sounds like, oh, whatever. Right. But try charge yourself. I'm going to listen Olympically for one day. It is no mm. joke. It is hard work and it will change your, your whole experience of life. Don't you think? I think so. In fact, the other month I was... I I, I'm sort of chuckling at myself because I came up with this, like the lasso listening mindfulness technique. It sounds so silly, but like, it's the whole idea. I was sitting on this like little area where I've got some plants and I literally just like was listening. I was sitting there by myself listening and I was like noticing the birds over here, right? The different bird over here and the different sound over here, and the lawnmowers over there. Mm-hmm. So I literally was like, by my listening practice, I was like this like cow gal, 
uh, lassoing the sounds and like just like noting them and, and, and taking note of them and, and taking note of the distinctions of all the different pitches and tones and all that. And that was for me quite a, a mindful practice of, of listening, like you're saying. Yeah. It's a great practice. I love that so much. So it's like listening to one another, as we were speaking of before, but just like listening to, to, to calm ourselves and to re, refocus or ground ourselves. Yeah. And then we, and when we do that, we realize, I mean, that's the empowerment. We realize we have the power to be the artists of our life because mm. we're, choose, we're paying attention to the colors or the quote unquote sounds in this example. Right, you know, right. The birds or the lawnmower. I love that so much. And this and that, right? So this is the palette I have to work with. Okay, now I have the sovereignty and jurisdiction. Which ones am I going to actually turn my attention towards? Because what I turn my attention towards becomes my life's experience. Mm. Do mm. I move towards the sound of the lawnmower? Do I move towards the bird? Or do I hold space yeah. for it all? Witnessing it. Right? Or, or whatever right. it is. But the point is it gives us powerful sovereignty Mm. you know which is part of becoming the the artist not just your there you're a part of the artwork but you're right, the artist right. you know and you could do that with all the senses you know it's you know even like you were talking about earlier i love when you're saying like about circles and shapes and paying attention to patterns and that whole labeling idea you know square circle you know when you're looking around a room or when you're waiting at the bus stop or when you're yep. waiting at your doctor's appointment you know how you can just label circle square or maybe you, you make one whole week. Okay, this isn't red week because I don't care about color so much, but I like I like shapes. Mm. So this is circle. Week. Right. And you just pay attention to all the circles that come into your life, right? And what yeah. that feels like and invite more circles in, more blueberries, more basketballs, right. play basketball, right. you know, like how much of a fun, pro- I have never done that. I've never like made it circle week. So I, I'm going to try that. I love this conversation because there's so many parts, things that we've been talking about that, I'm like pulling back to, it's like, you know, one of the things that I do is I, I restore, I fix murals. So some of my murals that I did about 20 years ago, paintings to look like textiles are in a state of disrepair. So I'm going back and I'm restoring them right now. So one thing that we were talking about is sort of like integrating, you know, what, what was to what is to like make it feel symbiotic. So that's one part of the conversation that we're having. And then the other part was when I was saying about like, be free, be free, be free. I find myself often kill Kenny, like when I'm working on one of my projects where I'm trying to figure out how to like simulate two very different things. Like, you know, like you got to do the practical thing of like sort of chipping away the chip paint, right? And then putting the seal on to protect the metal, the primer, that's the word I was looking for. And then like integrating the color back into the original piece. So it's like what I've been loving about this project and what we're talking about now too, it's like all the nuances of the shades of blue, you know, all, all the nuances of different colors and, you know, how I'll find freedom and just making sure that like, if I've got like, as an artist, like different shades of blue in one area that I'm going to like integrate a little bit of that tone, that color into another part of the carpet. So it feels like it lives together again. Now there's this wonderful term in Turkish carpets 
as a weaver, I love this kind of stuff with rugs and this and that. And the term is awe brush. And that is that like irregularity in what would be noted as say the same color. So like you've got like the blue uh, indigo from plants, right? You, so the weavers would make different dye vats of blue, but as they would weave and dye their yarns and all that, they would have very subtle differences in the shades of blue so that when it would then be spun into the yarn and woven into these carpets, there would be these extraordinary subtleties of blues and a little bit of aqua blue and a little bit of sky blue. So it's just, to, and I'm bringing this up because I just find like whether it's in the restoration projects or in the weaving projects or in life, it's like how do we take ourselves that has had these like little sort of dings of ego bus or dings of confidence suckers or dings of sadness or despair. And how do we like sort of reorient ourselves or remember ourselves or pull ourselves back together to be like, back to that word, all brush, like this beautiful piece. The lineage of yoga that I practice called Tantra mm. literally means to weave Tantra it's a, a, a looming device and then to weave into. And so I just mm. love the metaphor of weaving so much. And like you're talking about, like integrating it all, you know, all the parts of self and integrating the, those parts of ourselves that, you know, either we push away or we've been taught to push away, you know, we whatever, subverted. And then, of course, the big T and little T traumas and those experiences. And it's, it's such an interesting thing I've been thinking right, about too yeah. as a parent lately you know, the notion of like how we don't want to make everything seamless for our kids, you know, and how that, you know, when you and I were talking about earlier on, so it's another thing for any mm. back to, right? In the beginning, the the yin and the yang, the kind of differences, I can't remember which one you said. I remember I was saying softness, hardness. I think you were saying grace and hard work, the two wings of the bird, right? And then you were saying authenticity. Oh, yeah, Grace and her work. Uh, or excuse yeah, me, vulnerability yeah. and confidence. Vulnerability. And, yeah, yeah, right. And then, and right. So it's like those, yeah. the integration yeah. of all yeah. those, those polarities. And even with the kids and, and then even with ourselves, that spiritual practice, because if we're really, you know, spiritual mm. maturation and spiritual adulting, we realize like with the, the people we're custodian for, the pets, the mm. kids, like with ourselves, that we can and shouldn't really avoid all the hard yeah. things and the discomfort and that it's more the question you're asking of how do we weave it in? How do we figure out how to, how to integrate it all in all of it? Yeah. And back, back to what you said in the very beginning, I think was about opposites in life that, you know, and the weaving that comes into it, the over, under, back and forth, behind and front you know the very practice of weaving itself is just all about the polarity and duality that we're trying to integrate to make a yeah a yeah a whole so profound tapestry. so profound i was thinking about before we start to wrap up just thinking okay what are other things to me that make life artful and when i was thinking about that definition of art which mm. talked about of course imagination but daydreaming to me is so important you know these moments whether we um, consciously give ourselves them. Some people do this very naturally. I have friends who like daydream very easily. Some of us have to make it a practice where we allow ourselves mm -hmm. not to be productive. We allow yeah. ourselves this space mm -hmm. to daydream because it's very profound. 
as a practice. So I was wondering for you as an artist, what you think Mm. about that, you know, like for me, like I'm very physical, I've got that Aries moon. So I have to often I combine it with something physical. So like I let myself like wander around the city for a period of time. But and then I daydream while I'm doing that. And that's like very uplifting for me. And it also gives me big downloads, like I'll get big downloads of creativity and seemingly doing nothing, but it's actually something. So what do you think about that? And what do you what do you do? I feel like I'm a space cadet. I feel like I'm a daydream believer kind of a thing that I ought. No, it's true. I feel like often <laughs> uh, my wife is often saying to me, like, can you find words for that? Because I feel like I live in my head a lot and I'm often I'm thinking of this and I'm thinking of that. And I'm just like trying to like pull it all together. Lately, I've been, you know, back to this thing of listening of just some things like really resonate in my, in my gut, in my heart, in my gut. And I'm like, Uh aha the aha moments that you were talking about i'm all over the place more times than not so the anchoring and the practice just to listen is okay so so for you less less of the less of the practice of daydreaming because you're rocking that you're mastering that it sounds like which is why you're a fine artist right (laughs) i i i guess yeah it's it's just like yeah, I, I want to like land on the ground more sometimes and just celebrate the nuts and bolts of the, yeah practicality stuff because I feel like, you know, I'd like to be painting and weaving and just like dashing around all the time. So it's, it's, it's a real practice for me just to be grounded in my yeah. space head of creativity yeah, I was just gonna and imagination. Yeah, ask you, what's a practice? Yeah. yeah, that helps you ground. Yeah, I, I I write. You know, I do a lot of writing. And Exercise I just, with like, boundaries and something that people could take away, maybe that they haven't heard of. I I, I like to give myself like like at least ten minutes a day and just just write whatever. You know, it, it's it's easy, right? Quick when I when I start this, I'm like often like pausing my pen and just like getting back up in my head again. You know, so it's just like you know, uh, writing. And I've been doing something that I call, um, it's sort of like a run on sentence revolving door. So I literally like have a, uh, a notebook where I, I don't pull the pen up. I just write. And it's often the things that frustrate me or overwhelm me or aggravate me. It's just like, I. so this is the practice that I'm doing and that I recommend to our listeners is just like take a pad of paper and whatever is ailing you or annoying you or aggravating you, just like grab a pen and don't lift that pen up. Just like, just pull out the old cursive writing and just, just write it over and again, write it, write it, write it. Okay. And then get another color because I do usually two colors. So I'll actually rather than a pen, I use markers. So I'll do, and each time I do it, I pick two different colors. So that's the fun part with the, with the game that I do is I pick two colors as opposed to three um and i'll like you know write you know whatever whatever you know and i'll just like fill up the page repeating that again and again now when you say do it again, do it with, it again the with the second color what are you color. doing are you writing more are you are you going over something i'm sort of going over but like an eighth of an inch down from it so it's slightly blurred like uh for someone to read it would be a testament skill to like read my sloppy handwriting, but it's a way of me just to like exercise it. I have not, and I think it's, it might be a good idea to, you know, like 
burn it up or like to create it into a ritual of like where to put the frustration right now. I'm using this practice as a way. I just want to be completely authentic here of like bitching and moaning, you know, because I feel like that there's got to be a place for that, you know, as modern mystics of like to just like be like boots on the ground. I'm frustrated with whatever's broken and missing in the system, what's greedy in the system, what's not working, you know, and just like get it out, get it out, get it out. Um, so I, yeah, it's really important to get up because the, the body takes things on. So like, you know, the shower and all that, like I was speaking about, but this writing practice too is, has been really helpful. Nice. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. I like the idea of the mm. second color on top and doing it. Yeah. It's really, really, yeah. really good. Good. Well, Catherine, would you mind punctuating our conversation with whatever you feel moved, sure. a benediction, a poem, a Whatever you feel sure, called sure, sure. to offer. I'd like to, to first like take your, your your fingers and touch the bottom of your feet. If it's safe to do so, or you can pause and come back. And wherever you, you tread, wherever you walk the rest of the day. And then bring bring your hands up through your body to your heart and then up to your head. And now what I'd like you to do is just like bring your one hand to your wrist and just hold your wrist real softly and gently to your wrist. And I want you to imagine that I'm, I'm tying a piece of, of yarn onto your wrist right now. And I'm going to speak this affirmation as I tie this. Imagine a purple, purple string. So the affirmation is when you find sorrow in your heart, May faith, hope, and love comfort you. And when you're afraid and you're overwhelmed, may you find courage and support. Let this purple string that I'm tying on your wrist right now remind you of the precious dear one that you are. Your life is a blessing with your resolve for peace. Amen. Thank you. That was the sweetest of of benedictions. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. And everybody can feel that that imaginary string when they yeah. when they go right before they go to sleep tonight, maybe. They can remember that that mm. blessing of peace. Thank you, Catherine. Catherine is so, so generously offering anyone who becomes a monthly mystic member by december 1st 2023 a heart yarn shag on a fence so again i have a mystic monthly membership it's got beautiful assortment of alignment based yoga videos meditation videos mystic hacks learning to work with energy there's a little astrology tarot on there so so many beautiful offerings and one elegant membership and she's offering this beautiful generous offering can you describe to people what this is sure thanks so so what i do is i go around the city and i find a chain link fence and often neglected or abandoned lots um and i i literally tie knots many, many knots and make a shag carpet kind of shag heart onto the fence. So I go in the morning and I make a piece of art shag on the fence and I leave it there for the community. 
So um, I've done a whole bunch uh, throughout the city, um, and I, I am just offering my members that anyone wants to uh, sort of be a part of, of, of this, I'm going to keep going and, and, and do different heart shags in this throughout the city and then be so delighted to have uh, your membership to Modern Mystic uh, sort of uh, uh, kickstart me to keep doing more of these all throughout the city. Mm, thank you so yeah. much. And they're yeah. so uplifting. Yeah. If you, if you want to go see pictures, follow Catherine too, of course, Catherine, where can folks find out more about your work and these shags and your most uplifting and powerful offerings that you do in this world right so like on social media if you go onto facebook i have this page called adopt defense sponsor shag so what i'll be doing it for any members that that want to um uh, be, become a member and then I'll, I'll do a, a shag flag. I'll, I'll post it on the Facebook page of Adopt Defense Sponsor Shag and credit to you and all that. It's just, it's kind of a way of like connecting with community. So thanks in advance uh, for being a part of, of, of bringing art and color and a heart to communities. Um, you can also find me at kpanapacker.com. Um, I'm on social media. Amazing. And that's K-P-A-N-N-E-P-A-C-K-E-R, correct? Correct. Yeah. Thanks. Yay. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Catherine, thank you so much for being here and for really offering a lot of practical and uplifting mm. words, advice, hacks on how to make life more artful. Very inspiring as always. And I'm so grateful to have you now here twice. So big prompts, big gratitude. Thank you. Thank you for the welcome back. I appreciate it. And, uh, it's inspiring. I, I, I learned so much from you and, and this, this podcast and, uh, <laughs> namaste. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. It is so appreciated. Also, check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can find information about my very exciting monthly mystic membership. My members have unlimited access to a robust video library, which includes short videos that are easily digestible, sharing practical ways to integrate mystical living into your day-to-day -day life. These compelling videos cover topics such as how to ground, protect, and grow your energy, how to develop your psychic abilities, how to connect to your spirit team, shadow work, inner child work, tarot cards, lots of Western astrology, of course, in addition to syncing up with the rhythms of nature and so much more. I've gotten so much positive feedback that these videos are game changers for folks. Also included in the membership are over 100 alignment-based yoga classes of all different levels, meditation and breathwork classes, so you can work from the inside out or the outside in and up level yourself as you become the next version of you. 
Not to mention my Mystic members get all sorts of bonus content and discounts from my visionary podcast guests. So check out modernmystic.love and take a peek there as there's a free sampling of some videos waiting for you. Lastly, if you are looking for some conscious conversation and compelling community, check out also our private Modern Mystic podcast Facebook group. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste. Namaste.